All right, Gentlemen's Club coming at you with a fresh episode of the Gentlemen's Club podcast. It has been a little while. We've all had a bunch of things happen in life. Uh, Our commissioner had a kid, but before we get to that, hang on, I almost missed it. We've been out of it for a while. I've almost missed saying (laughs) this. Welcome back to the greatest fantasy IDP keeper dynasty league that has ever existed on the face of the planet. We are jacked to have you back. Uh, We are behind the mics, ready to do this. Clark, how are you? It's been a crazy season. It's It's come to an end. We're going to recap it uh, here in a little while, but you had some, uh, you you had a, you had a daughter since the last time we were behind the mics. Yeah. I had a daughter, which was uh, which has been fun. Little little sleep deprived, but doing well. Um, but yeah, I'm just glad to be back and talking football. It's always weird this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels awkward. I thought it was cool the Rams won the Super Bowl. I was a little. I mean the Detroit Lions or the yeah. L- or the the Detroit Rams or the L.A. Lions, one of the two. You know. Yeah, I was kind of voting and hoping for Burrow and the Bengals, but. I'll take the Rams winning, but that was fun to watch. Now it's just fun to yeah be back. There was somebody, there was somebody the other day that said, "Don't count out the possibility of Matthew Stafford coming back in 2023 to the Lions after they've had some time to rebuild the cap space for him to take him to the championship." And I was like, "Don't you dare toy with my fragile Detroit Lions emotions like that. Don't you dare be wild. <laughs> It'd be awesome though. I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. You know." It would be cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But who knows? So yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited. We're going to, we're going to, it'll probably be a shorter episode. We're just kind of recapping a bunch of stuff, kind of giving some of our picks for the end of the year with, with uh, all of your helps and uh, talking some important dates to put on the calendar, more time periods and and dates to look forward to yeah. um, and just kind of general time frames for them. But um, just to get us excited for the upcoming season. Cause this is the time where the Facebook group kind of goes dark for like seven months <laughs> you know, yeah, till like up. July when the season opens back up. And then we have to worry about like, you know, Joe Williams or, you know, Pablo or, you know, yeah. Joe Pedersen picking up somebody off of the waivers who's still technically on a team. And they forgot that we have the practice teams and, you know, exactly all that fun stuff. So, you know, so we'll wait for the, yeah. the, the practice squad police to come back but it'll be good. It'll be good. So, Hey, let's jump into it. Clark. I'm curious, uh, as we go through this, we have a couple things listed. Let's start with who we see as our manager of the year. Who do you have for GC manager of the year? Yeah, I, I, we did a poll in the Facebook page and most people voted. And, and honestly, the, the, the person who kind of came out on top was, was Taylor Actorhoff. And, um, I don't, disagree with that. Like, I think, um, for me, Taylor winning the championship this year. Right. I, I think really is the culmination of like the manager he has been for the last couple years. Um, and it kind of paid off and he, he kind of made some moves that were very much like all in style moves, like the trade that he made to get Tom Brady, mm-hmm. like that paid off and that that was a huge move to pull, but Brady had arguably one of his best statistical seasons of all time. Well, it helps when your quarterback's the number one quarterback. Like um, he pulled the trade for Devo Samuel, who was like legit and then literally just stayed legit. 
um, that paid off yep. huge dividends. Like, um, and so I think you, you look at those two things, like those two players, essentially besides for the roster, he'd already built in my opinion, those two moves that he made as a manager really put him over the top. It made him not only have the best record, but then he actually finished. He's one of the few teams who's had the best record in the regular season and then actually won the championship. Yeah, because some of that requires you to have really good players that play on really good teams that might get sat towards the end of the season, right? Oh, like yeah, that's all. Sure. That's always what we talked about with Bubba's team of like, yep. are Travis Kelsey and um, Tyreek Hill going to play the last couple yep. weeks of the season? You know, is Patrick Mahomes going to play the last couple weeks of the season? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really think... Yeah, I think he's built a team to win here for a couple minutes. Like I, I do, you know, we're like, oh, he's losing Brady. Um, and he's just going to replace him with Joe Burrow or Derek Carr. So it's like there's not, you could argue, there's not much of a trade-off there from a fantasy perspective. Yep. Um, and who knows? He may come him. out of retirement again, pull a Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, hundred percent. So who knows? Who knows? Um, so yeah, I would I would say uh, I think there's a couple guys who did really well. I think we gotta always give the subtle props to Javed. Um, the fact that he won a third game compared to what that team has been under five for the last handful of years, and improved his overall point total by fifteen points, which is yeah, not huge, huge but noticeable. You know, for, I would say for that team, that's huge. That is yeah. a huge improvement. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's with uh, trading away players for future picks as well. And yeah. 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 He, I'm interested to hear your opinion, but I would say this with Java. Javid proved in my, Javid proved my belief that if you're consistent, it will pay off. Mm -hmm. That all, all the GC takes is you to have a set roster mm -hmm. and you can be competitive. Yeah. At its foundation, at its core, which is what we play the play players. the waiver a little bit, check to see available players, yeah. make sure you do some homework around the draft, draft good players. Like you yeah. could make a good roster in the GC without ever trading. Yeah. Without ever trading. I, I believe you could do it without without crazy amounts of time. It just the way fantasy football works in the GC specifically, because it's such a large league with um, half PPR scoring, half standard scoring, like the defense added in. Um, it, all it takes is two or three good, consistent players. But really, if you have a full roster, right? If you have a full, healthy, yeah. no bye week starting lineup, you have a chance to at least be competitive. Mm -hmm. And Javid proved that wholeheartedly. That was yeah. the knock against Fife and that Molinex was just like by week six their rosters just like they stopped caring just evaporated. Yeah. And, and it was like, um, consistency, it pays off. And yeah. I go back to the actor off. Like he's been consistent. Like he's, he's been pushing and grinding and driving. He's had the expansion mentality mm -hmm. the whole time he's been going. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think it's epic now that both our original expansion teams have won championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's two that I want to mention for close runners up um, yeah. to give some props to other people that I think uh, were on the grind pretty hard. Um, one I think is I want to reward. Some people will say it's being a Homer to sure. the Packers. I would argue it could potentially be a new meta. 
sure. of saying, Hey, we're going to go all in with a good team and we're going to trade for a bunch of players. So shout out to Van Camp because yeah. it brought them to the championship. Yeah. Having a ton of Packers players. It is a risky, risky endeavor, but it paid off. And that's why I want to reward him by saying, I think he's a very close runner up for that yeah. because it could be a new meta. It's, it's, I never would have thought of doing that. You know, you have to pick the right team. No doubt. Yeah. You're not going to pick the Detroit lions. Again, not a chance in a league where a guy picked majority Detroit lions and you're like, you suck. Yeah. If you have Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson, sure. Yeah. But that's not a majority of the team, but he picked, I mean, the Packers had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, all top five, Aaron Jones, top five players. The thing that was interesting was that he went in with all defense as well. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Like just and they're the not known for defense either. Yeah. Yeah. Just that buy. And so I personally hope it doesn't become meta in the sense of, like, no, I don't either, but, but I, but I look at Bubba, Bubba lives and dies on to Kansas city chiefs. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there is, I have Zeke and Dak. Like there is something to, if you can find the powerful duo trio, quadruple whatever it is like why wouldn't you mm-hmm. lean in yeah i agree with a van camp who's gone like the full send in of like no nope, i'm going to everyone going have go on doing it all yeah yeah the other person that i would give props to is uh bubba's team i think sure. we as much as his team i like to be in the state of having to be a vulture and poach people at the ends of their careers, right. In yeah. order to stay relevant and to make it into the playoffs. Yeah. That's pretty, and that's pretty remarkable um, yeah. in and of itself to be able to do that. So um, I still believe his team is the vulture. I still believe they will fall off, but for this year, I want to give him some mad props for pulling it off um, yeah. because he, I think it did. It, like we talked in the middle of the season, like, there's a good possibility that he could win zero out of the next five games. And he won like oh. three of them or something, you know? Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. And I, what'll be interesting for Bubba is he has banked heavily on, we, we already mentioned the chiefs, Kelsey and, and Hill, but he has had big Ben who is a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. For reason. Is he going to become come a homer for Mason Rudolph? You think? Yeah. <laughs> I hope not, but uh, <laughs> you did just get the vote of confidence in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Anyways, that means nothing until Tom Brady wants to come back. That's um, true. Or, or Aaron Rodgers goes there. Yeah. He still has an incredibly strong defense. Yep. It'll be interesting to see Bubba's manager skills now that he will probably have to turn his attention to offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like he's the classic, like he took Malcolm Brown with a second overall pick in a draft, like a D tackle. Like yep. we dog him all the time for like that heavy defense. He won the year he won the championship. He had an incredible defense. Um, his offense is now in the category of um, it needs work. Yes. And so yep. that will be really interesting to see how he, what he pulls off. It's nice that your core of Hill, Kelsey, I would argue Pat Fairmuth, like that's a really nice core to have, but Roethlisberger's gone. Cordero Patterson. Uh, we'll see Melvin Gordon. We'll see Jacoby Myers. We'll see Chase Claypool. We'll see like, there's a, so many question marks now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. He has the Fournette, he has the Connor, but again, guys who are almost like uh, traveling players compared to like stuck and like stud players at their mm-hmm. teams. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what the turnover is. So sure, yeah. Uh, all right, next topic. Who do you have as rookie of the year? This is a tough one for me. I had I had two that I went back and forth on. Sure. Uh, for me, I settled on rookie of the year <clears throat> being Najee Harris. Okay. He was one of um, mine, yeah. I I mean, A, he finishes the second running back overall mm-hmm. as a rookie, which I think is mm-hmm. incredibly impressive. Um, he also lifted Adam's team um, more often than not. Sure. In the sense of like, he was an obvious difference maker. Once, once again, love Fife because he sent all those picks to me, but you think about where Fife's team would be if he would have had to have kept the last like three or four, like first round picks. Yep. <laughs> and yep. the value of having a first round pick and picking a good player with that first round pick. And uh, I mean, he picked Najee and it was a, aggressive uh difference maker yeah. on his team. Yeah. So I was between Najee Harris and the guy that I'm actually gonna pick, Jamar Chase. I oh, picked Jamar sure. Chase. So the reason I said Jamar Chase, he finished fifth overall in fantasy points for our league as a rookie mm-hmm. with like three hundred and seventy seven points or something like that. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was it was about a hundred points difference between Najee Harris and him total. Yeah. Over the course of 14 weeks, that's 7.14. I was just doing the math. 7.14 points, which to have that between the number two running back and the number five wide receiver is crazy to be that close. Um, and so for me, I said, I, I, as impressed as I was with Najee Harris coming into the NFL, and I think we all knew he was going to be really good, and he did really good, I don't think I expected as much from Jamar Chase. Granted, he was with Joe Burrow, but like yeah. it was super close. You said he finished with close to 377. I think so. I I don't remember what exactly, or maybe I'm thinking of Najee Harris, what he finished with. Um, let's change Jonas. I see. What is. Yeah, Jamar. Oh, Jamar Chase had 337, is what he had for it. 337. Yep. What is interesting and what we'll did like really look at it. So I, I have like all time charts. Yeah. Um, three thirty seven is 10 points behind the 10th best season all time by a receiver. Yeah. At GC. Yeah. Um, Julio Jones in 2018 is currently had the 10th best season of all time with three forty seven. Wow. So as a rookie, there's one extra week in there too. One extra week. So, yeah. that's, what, that's what like Cooper Cup scoring 451 points. That's the greatest receiver season of all time. I think he'd probably be well over 400 points. Yeah. Even if he didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if we just take away, you know, I mean, we'll include playoffs at some level. So week 17, if you take away 22, uh, I got to take away 40 some points. Yeah, he's right there with Antonio Brown from um, 2015 as like the best season of all time as a receiver. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, I, I agree that yeah, chase was 
Chase was incredible. Yeah, Najee had 432, Chase had 337. So they were within 100 points. So it might be actually like 6.99 points or something like that. But yeah, yeah it's like I just I couldn't believe that it was that close when I was looking at the rookies and to me, that's that's super impressive to have. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a. Yeah, I'm just Joe Williams receivers are so nasty. CD Lamb, Jamar Chase, Cup, and Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Gosh, but yeah, um, yeah. No, I thought Najee and I thought um, Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, great, yeah. great rookie seasons for sure. All right, so let's talk about league MVP. We also had a vote for this on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it came out to be Jonathan Taylor, right? Were there other yep. options on the list? Probably Cooper Cup was on there. Yeah, to some uh, extent. Cooper Cup was on there. I think... Um, let's see if I can pull it up. Derrick Henry was on there until he got hurt and still ended up like eighth overall in total running back points for the season. Which is just nuts. My heart. My heart. I know. I know. Um, yeah. So the three options for MVP this year were Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, and Tom Brady. Okay. It kind of equaled out as so your best quarterback, your best running back, and your best receiver in terms of where they, they finished. Yep. yep. Um, and Taylor, Jonathan Taylor won it pretty overwhelmingly yeah i don't disagree with that i think the work that he did there in philly was insane yeah 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 it's it's wild to think that we could have had such an amazing i think like clash of like high scoring running backs down the stretch if um henry would have stayed healthy yep Yep. Like part of me believes that Jonathan Taylor probably would have still finished first, but like Henry was also very much on a roll. And so like we would have just two monster running backs right down the stretch. Yeah. In our league, he ended up with, he ended up in 13th still, and he still almost had a thousand yards rushing in like seven weeks or something like that before he got hurt, which is nuts. It took like another three or four weeks before like anyone caught him. Yeah terms of like points yeah. and seeding yeah it was ridiculous yeah. it was nuts all right now for the interesting one this is one i had trouble with i'll yeah. be completely honest going into it but i think i found who i who i believe to be my playoff mvp okay are you are you ready for who my playoff mvp is yeah go for it all right let me let me look him up just to make sure i get the stats right for him yeah. um because it does take a little bit of explaining so he's on Akterhoff's team. Okay. Um, hold on. I got to pull up the playoff bracket here. So in we, round two of the playoffs, okay. yep. team Akterhoff, so week, 16. week 16, team Akterhoff starts a young man by the name of Justin Jackson. Okay. For the for the Chargers, who goes off for forty points that week That's right. against yep. you, he yep. beats you by thirteen points total to make it. The score mm-hmm. is three twenty three to three ten. Okay. The next week, in his game against Van Camp, 
He does not start uh, Justin Jackson. He starts Austin Eckler in his place. Yeah. And Austin Eckler gets 28.5. But in that week missing, Taylor picked him up on the 23rd of December. Your matchup was on the 27th. Also, Clark, he spent $69 in free agency as if it was just a punch to your gut. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Uh, Just like, hey, I'm going to pick this guy up who's going to help me beat Clark. I'm going to spend $69 on it, and he's going to go off for 40 points, and I beat you by 13. Yeah. (laughs) Because the other interesting part about that is if he doesn't start Austin Eckler against you, he is... Justin Jackson. Sorry, Justin Jackson. Sorry. He is starting, most likely going to start... Uh, let's see who was his other running back at the time. Probably Kareem Hunt or uh, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, but he got zero points. He literally had no no other running backs on his team. Yeah. Oh, he had Daryl Williams for seventeen point five points, but he still would have lost you if he would have started Daryl Williams. Yeah. So he literally needed Justin Jackson. Without Justin Jackson, without spending sixty nine dollars on him on December twenty third to play you the week of round two of the playoffs, he does not make it to the finals. That's why I think Justin Jackson is my league and or my playoff MVP. It's an incredible pick. I went way easier and just chose Debo Samuel. Oh yeah. Because because week, week 16 uh, uh, against me, he scored 33 points. Yeah. Um, which at the time was like his like third or fourth highest scoring game. Mm-hmm. And then in the Super Bowl in the in the GC championship for us, uh the Holy Grail, he scored 21 points, like yeah. kept it up. And so I mean, any player on Akaroff team would have been a really good pick. I think the Justin Jackson pick is incredible. Um so kudos to you for kind of doing that, that <laughs> research. I just said Debo killed me and yeah. Killed it good. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It was just a combination of like all of those things. I was like, yeah, if he literally doesn't have him, yeah. like, I don't know who the next best available free agent that week was, but it probably wouldn't have been anybody good. Not, not a 40 point game, not a 40 point game. Cause even if, even if he didn't start Debo, say he has somebody else on his team, like yeah. for whatever reason, if he doesn't start Debo, he's still got, uh, Hardman, who got 12 points for him. He's got Amari Cooper on his bench, 21 points there. Um, he's got Michael Pittman Jr. Um, no, I think he started Pittman Jr. Okay. Who got him? Yeah, 16 so he got, points. yeah, got him 16 points. So, like, he had other guys that he could have put in, you sure. know, but like, he literally didn't have another running back. It was yeah. just 69 bucks, December 23rd. Got 40 points. Turn Could have up. had more if he wouldn't have fumbled, too. He would have had 42 points instead of 40. Wild. It's, it's really heartbreaking either way, honestly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to bring it back up, but I thought you might enjoy all of that statistical analysis that's, for MVP. That's, um, I've lost to, uh, yeah, you lost to Giovanni Justin Bernard. Jackson now, and, and then you lost to Giovanni Jackson. Bernard. <laughs> yeah, dude. Two guys that you will probably never hear of, hear of again, except for when they played against you and accounted most. Yeah, so, love it, love it. Anyways, let's move yeah, on from the Taylor from the Eckler. from the heartbreak of uh, 
of that that playoff for, uh, MVP race there. Yes. Let's do a little bit of predicting for next year. Um, I think there'll be some interesting conversation here. Uh, what we'll do is we'll do uh, winner, first pick, and most improved. Those will be the things that we talk about. Um, so let's do first, who do we see as the winner of the GC overall next year? Um, my championship game is going to be team Actorhoff versus uh, Joe Williams, Taylor versus Joe. Um, and I'm going to lean in the assumption that Taylor wins it. Mm. But I think both teams are going to be pretty epic next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think Actorhoff has a good chance. Mine was between either Clark or Actorhoff again. Um, I don't see myself getting back into it that closely. Um, although I was wrecked by injuries this year and I'll have the first overall pick. So maybe mm-hmm. um, I don't see Javid getting there quite yet. Broad maybe might be a surprise. I don't know. His team always seems to like hit bad luck at some point. Like his team looks like it should cream everybody. And then something happens through the season. So I'd never write him out. Yep. So I'd have it either against actor Hoffer Clark. And I do have Joe Williams as the person representing uh, the Timberlake simply because of his wide receiver core, Matthew Stafford, Cooper cup combo, CD lamb, uh, Jamar chase. And it's, it's, and he's got David Montgomery as a running back as yep. well. Mike Evans is on there. Like he's his yeah, team if, is really good. If he can get like one, maybe two other. Wait, no, you know who, you know who else he has as a running back this year? James Robinson. No, Travis Etienne. Yeah, he drafted him last year. He went on him too. So if he comes back, so he might, he might just be need to draft one more running back and be yeah. a beast. So yeah, I agree. maybe you'll actually get beat by a legit person this year, like a legit NFL running back this year. Be wild. And honestly, he could get back Michael Thomas. Just another receiver. Yeah. Did he, he still rosters him, right? Yep, he's on the yeah, IR. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, there's and Chase Young will be back, and I mean, he has TJ Watt. Yeah, and he replaced Chase Young with Josh Allen, who is arguably better as a fantasy prospect. Like it's just his linebackers are a little weak, but he's got a he's got an incredible offense that should all be back, especially if he just has to add in a first round like a running back or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think you have Taylor, Joe Williams. Yeah. So, all right. I hope we'll be back, but maybe I need to take a year off. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you just go into fire sale mode or something. You know. Yeah. Um. All right. Who do we have as the person gaining the rights to the first pick this year? Who's gonna? Who's not going to have a great season. I don't know how else to, how else to, how else to word it. Who's going to, who's going to be in last place in the league next year. I, I think it will be Pablo. Okay. I think it will be Pablo because he will either just sell it all or he will have traded for that 
pick. Yeah, because he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. <laughs> no, he doesn't have DeAndre. He got rid of him. No, he he, he did get rid back. of. Yeah, he did get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. That's I would love to have right. DeAndre back. Yeah, yeah, um, that would be good. Yeah, that's right. You have Hopkins now. I have Hopkins now. Yeah, that's right. You traded for Hopkins this year. That's right. Feels good. Yeah. Um, and then I got one game out of him, and then he chilled. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. But from a roster build standpoint, Pablo has a lot of picks. Mm-hmm. This year, especially in like the first couple rounds, I believe he needs to take those serious to offer value because who knows what Russell Wilson looks like next year. Mm-hmm. He looked like a shell of himself. Obviously, he was injured. You had Miles Sanders injured. Kenyon Drake, for whatever reason, went to Las Vegas. I think he's one to party because that made no sense yeah. to win Las Vegas. Well, and then everything happened with Henry Ruggs, and it was like, all right, no more partying in Vegas yeah. for anybody. I still will never. I don't. I do not get the idea that he's not with Las Vegas. Um, AJ Green's done. Uh, Tyler Johnson probably won't be on a roster. He's got DK Metcalf and George Kittle. Yep, that's a that's a great core, but like. He just has a lot of missing pieces. Um, so that's where, like, it's that weird toss up of, like, still Pablo. So he can still pull things off. But I just think he'll either trade for the first pick or he might just um, do the T word and tell everyone he's doing it, tell everyone he's tanking on Facebook. But <laughs> and then accuse other people of actually tanking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So my pick's Pablo. Okay. I love him. But that's that's my pick. Yeah, I I think uh, I because Pablo has picks and did some sell a little bit of selling. I th- I think he will be down there, but I do think I think Joe Pedersen hmm. will have the first overall pick this next year. Um, sure. I think Adam Javed will be close okay. next year again. Um, but I mean, all of this could change, right? Like we are in the off season right now. People could trade future capital. You could trade a 2027 first round pick like the Brooklyn Nets did for a seventh grader right now. Or, well, no, I guess they would actually be, they'd probably be like a junior or senior in high school right now. Cause you technically have to play three years in college for the NFL, yep. but you could do stuff like that. It could become the new meta. We trade out seven years and not care about whoever takes over our team sometime in the future. <laughs> but um, I think, I think it'll be Joe. I think Javid and him will be fighting for the bottom. Um, fight, trying to fight to not be in the bottom. But I think um, his will be, be down there just simply because of trade capital or uh, mm-hmm. pick capital going into mm-hmm. the draft this year. That's a really good point. And I think, I think Pedersen has pieces. I think T Higgins is nice. Deontay Johnson's nice. Tony Smith is nice. The Kyler Murray drama is some of the saddest drama I've ever heard. Yeah. What is up with that? I don't even know like what's fully going on there. He basically uh, feels like they made him the scapegoat for their playoff loss. And so he like, gosh, is this Ben Simmons 2.0 again? Yeah, hasn't said he wants to leave, but like he cleared his social media of all things Cardinals, not talking to people, and everyone's kind of like, uh, "Bro, you're the you're the quarterback, and um, you played terrible 
you had like a 40 QBR with two interceptions, a hundred yards. Like you, yeah, you didn't terrible. do great. Like the whole team sucked, but bro, you sucked. So just own it and move on. And he is kind of doing this like baby thing. So who knows what happens there? Um, I'm sure other teams will take him in a heartbeat, but yeah, it's proven he's a good quarterback. It's like, do you want the drama that comes with that though? You know? Yeah. So that's where like with the James Harden, Ben Simmons straight, it's like, well, you're getting one kind of drama for another kind of drama. So like you're just getting picks in there. James you know? Harden is going to be in Paris at some fashion show and club on Tuesday night. And he's going to arrive in time to play on Wednesday night for you. Yeah, like, he's going to pull a Dennis Rodman okay with him being hungover. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah. It's basically going to be Dennis Rodman 2.0. Yeah. In a way. So just not that, friends with a North Korean dictator. Yeah. That's always just a weird flex, but it's still <laughs> Rodman. So yeah, for sure. For sure. Who, okay. Here's the, here's the follow-up question. Okay. Who in the league is going to be, working all the angles to try and get the first round pick from somebody next year. Like legit. I'm not talking like Joe Williams throwing out crap picks, crap trades. Yeah, for the Joe, first Joe's the easy one just because Joe will always ask. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for this person, it will depend on how the season starts. So okay. I mean, the first three to five weeks will really dictate what happens. But I think, I'm cheating, but there's three names that come to mind. Bubba, Pablo, and Pedersen. Mm. Basically, the names we kind of said. Yep. I think if any one of those teams start very aggressively below 500, they will truly be hunting the first pick. Yep. Like almost like making sure they get it. And I think they have legit, legit options to be able to trade for it, including if they're under 500, they could trade their first round pick and a player for the first overall pick. Yes. Yep. I think, I believe like Adam will always work angles. I think he learned and, and really enjoyed the trading, you know, this job. It, I, I think he really enjoyed it this year. I think he'll already kind of be in the conversation for it. Um, I think Bubba is the one who we don't know what his team could look like. And so he's the one of those three I listed that I think if if he's below 500 early on, I could see him begin to just kick the tires and like maybe get into the idea of like, oh, I should move on from Travis Kelsey yep. or it's time to get rid of Hill. Because I think he has the he has the he could offer one of those two with a lower pick and oh, potentially get the first overall. Yeah. Whereas I think, some, I, I mean, you might be able to do that with Metcalf, right? Yeah. Like you might be able to offer Metcalf in a lower pick. You might be able to do that with Kyler Murray, maybe, or, you know, but quarterbacks are always hard because you only need one a week, you know? Exactly. So, no, I, I really think, um, I believe for like a, a Bubba's sake, I know he listens to this. Like I do think a Kelsey and a Hill have two, three, four more epic seasons for sure. Yep. Um, and I don't think it necessarily matters where they go if they don't stay in Kansas City either. Exactly. And so he's just got to decide, and this goes for anyone, even myself, like roster health as a whole becomes important because it's awesome to have um, DeAndre Hopkins. But if you're... Oh, that's right. You have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Right. But if the rest of your team is garbage, it's like sweet he gets uh, we'll just use the bubble example 
Hill and Kelsey get him 60 points total a week, but his quarterback's dropping 30 and his running back's getting 10, and he's only still averaging out at 150, 160, touching 200, he's not winning games. Right, right. So. Yeah, I, I, had, uh, I had Bubba as mine because I think you can only – live on the backs of people that are old in the NFL for so long. Um, and I, I think there are, I, nobody wants to have a bad season. Right. But like after not finishing below like sixth place ever in the GC and having like the longest playoff run come to an end, like there are moments where it's like, yeah, it's okay to have off seasons in order to like rebuild and trade players away in order to get capital for the next year. Because there's some like that for me, I think was the most freeing experience to say like, yeah, you can't stay on top forever and it's okay to be at the bottom. It's still fun. Like the the league is still fun because I beat people that I shouldn't have beat this year. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun place to be in. And it also makes you, it also makes you plan differently for the future to think about the cycles that your team goes through and sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, I think Bubba might be going after it the hardest legitimately after it the hardest. Yeah. So no, I think um, you're right. Yeah. Who do we think is going to be the most improved team for next year? Uh, easy answer. I think is Adam Javid. Yep. Uh, I just think when you literally start at the bottom, <laughs> anything looks good. Even if he, even if he finishes three and 11 again, but is scoring 220 points or 225 a game, like yep. he improves the score amount. That means he's only losing games by like 10 to 15 points, which means he's literally in every single game he's playing, mm-hmm. which is a vast improvement from that squad. So mm-hmm. um, easy answer is Javid. I think most improved team overall is is probably going to be uh mile high club yes yep yep i think so so too i think his elijah he traded for elijah mitchell who i think will probably continue to be the 49ers running back unless something happens with trey sermon but i doubt it i also don't know if they're going to trust raheem monstart anymore yep he has javante williams who he traded for last year who yep. he currently has listed as unlikely to trade. Yep. Um, he has Pat Mahomes. He has Pat Mahomes. Uh, Gabriel has, Davis just proved himself in the playoffs that he's yep. a legit wide receiver. Insane. So. Yep. Yep. Um, is uh, he's he he still does have Christian McCaffrey. Who knows what's going to happen there if they yep. are going to continue to use him or trade him or whatever it might be just because yep. of injury injury stuff. But regardless, if he's still there or somewhere else, like people will use him because um, yep. he's just that good. Um, he's got Von Miller on defense. He's got uh, Adam Thielen, Jamal Smith, yeah. CJ Mosley. Like he's, he's got some really good pieces there. I think yeah. six and eight is a very six and eight is incredible for not having Christian McCaffrey the entire season. And he did some work to get his team in a good place. So I could see him, I could see him breaking into the playoffs next year and potentially making it, making it competitive. Yeah. Especially because he was so close this year Mm -hmm. with, Mm -hmm. 
with arguably no wide receivers. He traded for Adam Thielen, which was awesome. Yep. Uh, but Thielen will very much take second seat to Justin Jefferson next season. Yep. Uh, he already did it this year to a point, but it'll be even more obvious next year. Yeah. Um, but still compared to what he was running out there every week, like incredible improvement. Um, like you could argue that Taylor Kovaleski is kind of the miss guy in manager of the year mm-hmm. conversation. Yep. But I think his pit, his moves will pay off more in the next year or two to come compared to like what a Taylor did. Yep. And stuff like that. But like, um, you know, the, the bummer for Kovaleski is he doesn't have a first round pick. Um, he does have his second round pick. And he does have his third. Like he's he's held on to his picks besides for the first this year. Um, Which I think I got for Javante. You have his first. I remember. Yeah. But if uh, but if Javante Williams pays off and McCaffrey comes back, is McCaffrey? Bro, if McCaffrey is a top fifteen running back, top twenty running back. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. We don't need McCaffrey to be number one running back anymore. Like if he can come back and be a top 15, top 20, like that's awesome to have on your roster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a win. That's a, that's a first round pick value. So, yeah, I'm hoping he goes somewhere else. So Chuba Hubbard starts to play, but you know, yeah, now it'd be the ultimate steal for a second round pick for Chuba Hubbard there, you know? So, yeah, I think, I think Taylor Kovaleski will be the most, most improved. I would, yeah, I, I think so too. I think I think I have that for mine as well. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that covers it for most of the talking points for the season. Let's talk about important dates sure. coming up. Let's give some some uh, future kind of months and relative times. So we don't have anything worked out as far as specific yeah. dates at this point, but things to look forward to. Yeah, at this point, you're you're going to be able to. So date wise, let's talk like when the league kind of opens again like trading, free agency, all that kind of stuff begins to an extent you are allowed to kind of release players whenever that's always just like free game to like just cut guys. Um, I'm not sure if ESPN actually fully shuts down the app and the actual page for a minute or not. That's always been unclear to me if it like kind of stays open, but either way, um, the trade, like the ability to trade is always there because we post on the Facebook page has to be posted on the page shared, make sure we know trades are happening. Um, those can begin April 1st. So the league kind of opens up to like trading and the idea of that kind of stuff. So sending picks, all that kind of stuff happens April 1st. Um, and then we'll kind of get back to you when free agency begins. That's probably normally early June. Um, when I talked to Ryan from ESPN, God bless. Back in the day, that's kind of when they like essentially fire up the app and the pages again, and it makes it a little more easier to use is in that June time. Um, so April 1st, start making trades. So if you're thinking of them now, you can, this is like the, I don't know, what's the word, the moratorium or whatever it's called. Yeah. Like, the hiatus sort of thing. Yeah, like everyone like is talking about trades and like making trades, but nothing's official. Um, yep. yep. NBA is great with that with free agency. Yeah. And then um, everybody comes back and gets fined for breaking all the rules yeah. and everything. And they're like, Oh, $50,000, whatever. Like, yeah. Um, 
you can talk about it now, but nothing goes official till April 1st and nothing's official unless you post it on the Facebook page. So just keep that in mind. Um, other big month is August. So uh, fantasy GC fantasy football draft will probably take place end of August. Um, usually that last week of August tends to be when I look back at past dates yep. that time, about a week or two before the season really kicks off. Yep. Um, and so keep your eye on the Facebook page for that. The other thing then would be, we want to do kind of like a summer league meeting um, going into year nine from a commissioner standpoint. And, you know, there's some guys who like, I talk to more than others just about like what the league's going doing and what we're, what we're doing, but the buy-in has just been so high in the last year or two um, that I really believe it's valuable to like, let's get people. I want to hear everyone's opinion and like hear like thoughts on ways to keep improving the league. Mm-hmm. And so the thought was like sometime maybe late July, early August to do like a zoom meeting. And if guys can get together to make it easier, be in the same room, that's fine. But like, Either way, it'd be nice to get everyone, so all 12 of us, to like zoom in and discuss things like trade deadlines and the rookie rules and roster size and like just all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, get more of a consensus opinion and vote on things. Um, that and one of the, yeah. The league. Yeah. Well, one of the things we had talked about there too is like just so we're not having things sprung on us at that meeting too of having a deadline like a week before something of saying hey start thinking now about things you want to bring up at the spring meeting or the summer meeting to have everybody think through so that like deadline is two weeks before we'll post all the questions that we'll talk about in the facebook group so everybody has the time to think about them process about them so we can be efficient with our time so otherwise we're going to sit there in the room and be like okay, so let me research this a second. And then we've spent 45 minutes on one question an hour, eight hours down the road, which does not, as much as I love fantasy football, does not sound fun to me. Yeah. Um, no, we'll have an agenda for it very much. And I want everyone's opinion, even on that agenda. We'll kind of like, if you're throwing out random stuff, like we'll be realistic, but yeah, the idea is, is exactly what Chris said. Get, get information say, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. And now it's on you to go do even just a bit of preparation. Um, so you just come and just talk because we want it to be efficient. Um, but yeah, we want to talk about things like, I know for me, the big one that I'm, I'm processing through right now is the whole rookie rule taxi squad concept. Um, I'm just thinking about not adding any rookies to your roster except your first round pick. And then it's just on you and everyone else to really do the research, but it's on you to be aware of what rookies you have and what rookies you don't. And, um, but the, the concept of the trade deadline stuff that's been thrown out there, either moving or not being there. And that's been voiced by multiple people. So like just some of that kind of stuff. Um, let's talk the good, bad, the whys, the why nots, of some of that stuff. Should we add or remove a roster position? You know, some of those things I think are really valuable and I'd rather have the majority on board than just one day you guys see a Facebook post that only four of you actually read that says like, you now start two quarterbacks, you know, something like that. That that just isn't, yeah, it doesn't seem to be the best plan of action. 
And one of the things we might talk about there is we're starting year nine that we're almost up to the decade mark. Yeah. Which is incredible. What are we going to do for the decade mark? Are we all going to get together or what? Like maybe we'll have to talk about that to start planning that. We should. Cause that'd be sweet. That'd be incredible. Yeah. I've been talking about that for like three years now. So if it doesn't happen, I'm going to quit the league. I respect that. Not really. I'm not going to quit. That would be awful. Um, Awful. Well, so that we'll, we'll keep all you guys up to date Again, the Facebook page, a great place to chat. We talked about making a discord. I'm old. I still just, I just, (laughs) seems Uh, like it's the best. Most people are there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess finally I'll post this at some point. Um, but we're so many months away. We're still like seven or eight months away from the draft. Um, but just for kicks and gigs, do you want to just know as we kind of end here, the first two rounds, kind of the order? Oh yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So I'll give you this, a standard, no trades round. So round six is one of the few rounds that has no trades in it this year is basically the order is Chris Thompson, Adam Javid, Joe Pedersen, Pablo Siskamani, Taylor Kovaleski, Casey Thompson, Tyler Broad, Bubba Paulson, Joe Williams, Andrew Clark, Bradley Van Camp, Taylor Ackerhoff. Nice. So that's your standard one through 12. Yep. First two rounds. So picks one through 24 have the most trades ever, which is kind of crazy. Um, People are getting after it. Round one is Chris Thompson, then Adam Javid, then Joe Pedersen. So that's your top three. And then it's Pablo. Then it's Chris again. Then it's Casey. Then it's me. Then it's Bubba. Then it's Joe Williams and it's Pablo, Pablo, and then me. Nice. So that's your round one. Round two is Adam, Adam, Joe Pedersen, Adam, Taylor Kovaleski, Casey Thompson, Tyler Broad, Adam, Joe Pedersen, Bradley Van Camp, Joe Pedersen, Taylor Ackerhoff. Uh, I was going to say, if it's Adam again, I'm going to get Adam is drafting four times in the second round and he has his first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got five picks in the top 24. So see if he can do anything with it. Uh, I have two first round picks. Pablo has three first round picks. You have two first round picks. Um, You know, Pedersen has a couple second rounders and his first. So definitely some heavy draft capital for a couple individuals at the top. For sure. For sure. So it'll be fun. Yep. It'll be a good time. I'm excited for that. Yeah. What a riot. Can we just fast forward like seven months already? Eight months to get year. there? I know. I know. There's a lot of good things that'll happen in between there. So not ready to get there yet, but it'll be here before we know it. Happens every year. <laughs> Happens every year. And then we'll and then we'll be looking at like rookie classes and I mean it's just it's just wild. Yeah. Insane. Well yeah. Clark, Sweet. I think this wraps it up for season what two yeah this is the second season season two of the podcast let's go we've done this two years already that's crazy yeah, it's gone fast super fun though super yeah. fun though well yeah that does it weeks or season two in the books of the best fantasy dynasty idp keeper fantasy league that has ever existed on the planet of the earth so glad we get to do this every so often clark this is the best fantasy league i've ever been a part of and i don't say that just to have a funny intro and outro i love it i love it so all right here's to here's to august have a good one later